Judge is ready. ready. Hey, Kurt, are you watching anything on TV right now? Yeah, Melissa, I'm actually really enjoying the Netflix show One Day at a Time. Uh It's a remake of the 70s sitcom, but it focuses on a Cuban Uh family in L.A. I am so over all the remakes and reboots and endless sequels. Like, why can't anyone write something originally more? Have all the good ideas been used up? Has nothing of significance happened in the last 30 years that can inspire new and exciting entertainment? Well, I mean, besides the title and the name of the neighbor, not much carries over from one show to the other. Even more reason not to give the same title. I just, I can't with sequels that, like, aren't even really sequels. Anyway, what's this week's episode about? It's sort of a sequel to last week's episode on First Impressions titled On Second Thought. Oh, (laughs) cool. Today, we're talking about second-guessing yourself in forensics, whether that means second-guessing your piece, your coaching choices, or even your participation in this activity. And we'll hopefully provide some encouragement for anyone experiencing doubts after their first weeks of competition. This This is Forensics Faces. doing um i mean i just watched football on purpose me too which i hate doing so i'm like a little cranky but better now that we're doing this instead i mean i i went to my parents house to watch the game because they invited us over i did do everything in my power not to actually watch football because i i brought my computer i was working on other things yeah we were g chatting about this episode (laughs) yeah like really was doing everything in my power not to pay attention um but it did not work in the packers favor they i assume they lost it i I mean I, i think the game probably just ended as we're recording this but yeah, I went up as the third quarter. I went to my bedroom as the third quarter was ending because a bunch of my friends are at my house, which is why I sat through as much of it as I did. But right. like, oh, guys, I don't sport well. I'm not a sporto. Mm-mm, me neither. Now, if they did come back and win it in the fourth quarter, it will be, I feel, scientific proof that neither one of us should ever be forced to watch a Packer game again. Yeah. If anything good happened in the lose. fourth quarter, then like, you're all welcome. Yeah. We left. Yeah. We stopped, because we stopped, we stopped watching. watching. So I mean, I can I can comment about like, they just had US figure skating stuff. So I can comment about how Gracie Gold still isn't doing well and still didn't have a good performance. If anyone wants to talk about that. <laughs> I would love to talk about that, but I, I didn't get to see any of that. That's on okay. Whatever we were watching, we weren't bouncing back and forth. I oh, guess. no, I was just I was looking it up oh, online okay. last that night. Makes more, that makes more <laughs> sense. Um, how is life other than other than watching football? And I mean, forensics? it's pretty it's pretty all right. We yeah. yeah, we we had competition again. I feel like yesterday felt like an actual forensics tournament again, but maybe it's because we were in the north. I'm much more used to seeing all of those coaches and those mm-hmm. teams and like some of those kids. Um, but yeah, the weather is horrible for me as a winter person. Everything is melting and foggy and gross and puddly, and I don't like it. Yeah. I need it to snow some more. It's still January. I don't care that there are people who are like, oh, it's just so nice to have it warm. Like, this is what it should be. We should get past Christmas. Everything should melt. No. Whoa, girl. No. You are spiking. I'm sorry. That's I how just, seriously you take this. I'm very this. serious about snow. I will spike when it comes to snow. I um. Love that it feels like spring outside right now. I just but it's January. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend <sighs> like it's gonna stay this way until it doesn't, and then I will accept reality for what it is. But I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take this as a win. Um, there was sunlight today, 
True. Which there was none of yesterday. True. It was actually a pretty harrowing trip to and from Oshkosh. Uh, yeah. Yesterday. Shout out to our bus drivers for being like incredible and calm because yes. I was not and I was it, just a passenger. Like you could not see like two car lengths in front of you at some times. Yeah. With that fog. So yeah. Shout out to the bus drivers. My bus driver's name was Tom. I don't know our bus driver's name. We had a different one the last two weeks. And when we have when, when I see them a second time in a row, then I ask their name <laughs> just but like just in have, real life i don't bother learning a name until no, like it's the on. second time in a row no i'm still i'm still <laughs> spoiled from mike the bus driver who was excellent oh, and great. i do miss mike and then he, yeah then he left to do better things yeah i guess being a bus driver is not a fantastic full-time gig despite the fact that bus drivers club is the best oh yes we haven't really talked about that this year it's I, well, true. I, I haven't, haven't seen a, it i haven't seen I one was, I, yeah it, it hasn't really existed yet can't wait for where are they usually good? App East, they're usually good. App East are usually one good. Big space and, and then Kakana, they have the separate room with the fancy chairs and they're just yep. like in there living. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you're like, okay, the only thing that makes Kakana better is if you were in the bus driver room with the fancy chairs. Yes. Well, maybe this year we sneak in. Maybe we should. Maybe we find judges to cover all of our judging obligations and we just. Just infiltrate bus drivers clubs. Just infiltrate bus driver clubs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Can I'll you start working on it. What outfit would we wear? To, to infiltrate bus drivers club. Let's do an online. You know what, guys? Tell us what we would need to wear. Yeah. In order to infiltrate. We need some bus suggestions. Let us know what your bus drivers wear. Mm-hmm. I do have more flannel in my wardrobe now because I'm in my 30s. So now I shop at Eddie Bauer. It's true. I <laughs> I bought a flannel at Old Navy. <laughs> so great. All right. So we each have a flannel piece. What else do we need to wear in order to infiltrate bus drivers club? Please let us know. Hashtag bus drivers club. Yes. Um, but we also, were at Oshkosh North. We were at Oshkosh North. Um, also important this week in Antonio Trinidad. Yes. Antonio Trinidad's <laughs> outfit. Um, Kurt, w- w- like Kurt must have uh, like started his round later than I did. I, well, I was waiting for kids. Yeah, we'll get into waiting, that. Yeah. We'll okay. get into it. He was waiting for kids and I got a, ter- a text from Kurt and I will read it exactly as it was. Uh, quote. Well, he's done it again. Antonio Trinidad and his leather jacket have made the rest of us look like garbage people. End quote. And it is true. It's true. I was walking because at Oshkosh North, the cafeterias are in two parts for some reason. Like there's a tiny one and then a big one and no one goes to the big one. So there can be a good one and a bad one. Yeah. Like why we have two super Walmarts in Sheboygan. Exactly. Um, And I was walking towards the the bigger one because that's where my students were. And Antonio was walking the opposite direction. And I saw him and just literally cursed. I was like, you did it again. And he was like, what did I do? And I was like, this outfit. <laughs> yes. And then he yelled at me for making him swoon because we talked about him in last week's episode. So I wonder what he's going to think now that we're talking about well, him making Well, he better get used to it people. because we've already said this is season the season of Antonio. Antonio. We both just did the exact same <laughs> hand gesture. <laughs> yep. We're doing some RuPaul Drag Race hands up here. But yeah. We also got to see Deb Wiretross for the first time this year. Uh, Shout out to Deb. I saw her. She was talking to Marina. I was like snuck in and gave a side hug and then ran away. And then we got to chat in the judges' lounge. I lovely. saw her as I walked into the building. She was checking in and I very, um, very much like a dad was like, don't let this one give you any trouble. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe was, we are. Because- it was super, <laughs> super lame, but I enjoyed it. And I think she did too. And I'm I think sure the tab staff people were like, <laughs> so funny. Like, yeah, they were just being polite. Yeah. That's what um, tabs are supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but in addition to seeing Deb, that means we got to see Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hey, hey girl. Rachel. Hey, girl. I think she was really, cause she was in the finals for uh, Solo Hum and I 
was very ruckus when they announced her name and she gave me she gave me a point. Yeah. And then my students were all uh, they, they all whipped their heads to uh, look at Deb and Deb was trying to figure out where exactly I was sitting in our <laughs> section. And I was like, I can't tell if she was disappointed or if she was just excited. But I also gave you a look, which your yeah. students then noticed. Yes, of course like, they did. Yeah. My students watch you constantly. <laughs> they let me know when they see you. They're like, Kirk gave me a disapproving look today and I couldn't figure out why. I was like, because you're my student and most of what you're doing is disapproving to him. So you're fine. No, I don't know. <laughs> Why, why does there have to be a reason? <laughs> That's just what his face does, guys. He's got yeah. RBF. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Rachel literally like shout like I was walking down the hall and I just heard my name like Kurt. And I was like, what? What happened? Yeah, no, I had my ba- I had my back turned in that library space and I heard someone say my name and I without turning around, I knew it was her. So I just started like moonwalking backwards toward her. Ladies and gentlemen, Melissa Gabrielson just attempted to moonwalk well, in an office chair. <laughs> And I did excellently think it was pretty good. Oh my gosh, it was pretty pretty decent. I'm working on it. Yeah. I I worked out the kinks yesterday doing it, dancing over towards Rachel. But it's always nice to see kids from that you get to see on a regular basis. And of course, as we've attested to on this podcast, we're big Rachel Benderowski fans. Yeah, we're big fans. In fact, Deb sent me a message. We were messaging back and forth, and she sent me one today thanking me for my critiques. Oh. Um, And I realized I didn't even know that I had judged any of her kids. So like we've cycled out of app East kids that like, I know really well. Cause I, I think I only know like three or four of them now. Yeah. By, I think I only know sight. like two or three of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, wow, I guess I judged some app East kids, which of course I did. Like, of course yeah. I did. Like I judged all four rounds yesterday. Of course I saw some app East kids, but I didn't, I didn't know them. Yeah. We're, We're in back that place to that again. again. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's Other probably for the best. people are having rebuilding years too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one final shout out to all the debaters who were at the state debate tournament yesterday. Yeah. Congratulations for making it to state. You did it. You did it. So I have no idea how anybody did. I haven't heard or seen anything, but congratulations for competing at state. For doing the thing. Yes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, ends my knowledge of debate. Woo woo. I'm done. Um, but before we, we can't talk about Ashkash North without talking about their award ceremony. Yes. Let's discuss. Disclaimer. I don't like it. <laughs> and here's why everyone's entitled to, to his their, or her. Exactly. Opinion. I, and this is what, what in talking about this yesterday, cause I appreciate when schools try to change things up. We at our tournament with our award ceremony, change things up slightly comparably to Oshkosh North in that we, before the tournament begins uh, Friday night, I literally take all of the category titles, shuffle them up and draw them out. And we randomly decide the order of our uh, award ceremony and then line up our trophies that way, just because it's more fun, interesting. It makes people pay attention throughout the entire award ceremony. Um, And we just like being different. We're just so unique. No, it's just, I got bored. And so I jokingly, said that we should do it. And then we just started doing it. I think this will be our fourth year being those people. Mm-hmm. But um, the for those who do not attend the Oshkosh North tournament, they change the way that they do applause. They, you do not applaud for finalists through second place. No California clap. No California clapping. Uh, you sit quietly. Uh, and then when you get to first place, you do not give them a standing ovation. You give them a polite round of applause. And the person who got first place goes and sits in a, a, a section of chairs on the stage. Uh, and then at the completion of all the categories, those people who got champion stand up and then we stand up and give them a round of applause together. And then that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do not like this because one, it makes the ceremony have, it just feels like it has no joy. Uh, which it, I, I think it does. It, this, the, these kids are up there and there are kids who are getting a medal or a trophy who it might be the only time they power mm-hmm. that season or maybe even in their entire forensics career and their team doesn't get to celebrate that moment with them. Um, so you're taking a moment away from a team. You're taking a moment away from a student. Um, and then I, again, I, I don't like the sitting in silence. It feels very strange. Yeah. Um, but then also when it comes to the champions, those students who get first place then have to sit and wait to celebrate with their team, which ends up in that weird thing where they're sitting on stage and they're like trying to, they're like trying to make eye contact with their team being like, Oh my gosh, I got first. And then like, it's mildly distracting. My students did it. And I was like, y'all can't do that because it's distracting, but it just, it like, I know that it's part of it is them discouraging rowdiness. Mm-hmm. I come from a team where I encourage slight rowdiness, but I, I genuinely think that most of what it does is takes the joy out of the award ceremony. I think there are pros and cons to it. And um, first of all, I will say this. We do not mean to disparage. Like you can do whatever you, oh, you want at your award ceremony because it's your yep, turn. But we're just so the ones with the want. podcast. We can talk about it. Yep. So I'm saying so that I here's, don't like it. Here's what I um, here's what I think I like about it, which is that I think the intention is to be more efficient. I don't know that that. In fact, I am I am certain that goal is not achieved. However, when I compare it to last week's award ceremony, when they were taking a selfie with every one of the winners, to me, I was like, okay, if you want a nice photo op with all of your champions, that's a good way to do it. Just keep them up there and then you get one picture at the end. I don't know that they took a picture. That's just in my head. Like, that's what I would do if I had all the champions uh, sitting on stage and if I wanted uh, a photo op for the tournament to send out and and to have to to promote the tournament the years after like it's a good way to get that uh accomplished is just mm-hmm. keep the champions up there yeah. and then you get one nice picture of all the the winners from the week so like in theory i like that i don't know in execution that that was what actually ended up happening i i don't think we saved any time by doing it this yeah. way um the thing i struggled with the most is i literally could not stop myself from clapping sometimes yep. and we're just, like we were getting to storytelling and i was still like absentmindedly like almost California clapping. Cause it's so ingrained in me. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that for me is what took the fun out of it. Cause I felt like I was doing something wrong. Um, just because it's, it's so universal at this point. I mean, it's not only what we do here. I mean, it's called the California clap for crying out loud. Like yeah. it someone came else from came somewhere, up with yeah, it. You know, like it's, it's done in so many places. Um, that I just and and I'm not saying we do the California clap well all the time because no. it to do the California clap what you have to do and I'm just going to throw this out there for any award ceremony people who have not figured this out on their own you have to say the school first and then the name of the person mm-hmm. because if you say the name of the person then a bunch of people want to clap after you say the name and then some people wait until you're done saying the name and then the school and then then it's a haphazard California clap you have to say from Sheboygan South Melissa Gabrielson. Yeah. Then everybody knows what they're doing. What place did I get? Yeah. So I guess I would say like if the goal was to be more efficient, I think you can probably be most efficient simply by doing what everyone expects efficiently. You like still, Elliot Fisher. You still didn't tell me what place I got. I'm not going to. <gasps> oh my gosh. Because it was an example. 
Well, I wish you would give an example of me being a successful person. That's fine. No, Elliot, still and your champion, goes down. And your champion in podcast hosting today is Kurt Grace. From Sheboygan South, Melissa Gabrielson. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. See, the thing is, we were demonstrating the California clap, which meant you couldn't be the one. I was fine getting second. I just oh, needed to okay. be told I was getting second to okay. you. I was okay with it. I just need to be told I was second best, but no, uh, we, and we've talked about it on, on the podcast so before when needy. it comes to, yeah, uh, <laughs> when it comes to award ceremonies, Elliot Fisher still goes down in history with the most efficient award ceremony of mm-hmm. all time. I was laughing through most of it because it was going so quickly. And I was told afterwards that that is literally the pace of collegiate award ceremonies because they're so large yep. and there's so many people and they go on for so long that it has to go quickly in order to be like well attended and like. And I, th- but and it was I still think, just like, wow, oh, I think God. fast oh, is OK, because, you know, what Elliot does well is he follows the format where everybody he does the same thing for every competitor the whole way. So you hear their school and you hear their name and then everybody claps. Yeah. So you get the recognition. Yeah, it's a little on the fast side. And if it is your first and only time being up on stage, you might be like, oh, gosh, that was kind of quick. Um, but everybody heard your school. Everybody heard your name. And then we clapped for you, yeah. which I think is is the goal. I want to say one other thing about Ashkash North, though, because I think it was really cool. Mm-hmm, it was. I liked that they had celebrity judges for the final round, which means that they invited people from the community who are kind of big deals, either in like their theater program at the college. Um, the mayor was there. Yeah. And these people came and they observed the final round. They critiqued the competitors in the final round. They did not rank, which mm-hmm. I think was also smart because yeah. you don't want somebody even a celebrity to come in and be brand new to the activity and like mess with the rankings. Um, so I, I really, really liked that approach and I'm, I'm not quite sure how, but I'm going to try to steal it in some way, if not for this year, for future years, because I would love, um, and part of that has to be coordinated with you guys because we hold tournaments back to back weekends and we don't want to all go, Mm -hmm. you know, if you guys want to do it, I don't know if you don't, I will just take it for myself, but like, it'd be kind of cool if we could say like, Hey, we have two opportunities coming up. If you could make either one of them or both, we'd love to have you just to raise awareness about forensics in the community and bring some people who aren't aware of what the activity is inside the walls of our little tournament and show them forensics. Well, you can, you can steal it for this year because our tournament for this year, all of my students are being given an invitation and they are to give it to a staff member that they would like uh, from the Sheboygan South community to attend one of their rounds. And the kids at ideas will be doing it as well and inviting them to the South uh, tournament just so that more people who are in our actual academic community understand what their students are doing because students have get commented by their teachers when, cause they announce every Monday mm-hmm. the students who placed at the tournament and teachers are always shocked that yeah. they're like, I had no idea that you were so good at forensics. And I know I had a student this weekend who took first place in this category and he was so ecstatic about it. And I know for a fact that his school community has no idea how good he is. Yeah. And he's going to get those comments tomorrow. Like, oh my God, Jonathan, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you were that good. And he was like, I did. Yeah. He was up there winking as he was yeah. getting it. Oh my you God. He was such a ham. Yeah. Joe Nathan. <laughs> it was a, but yeah. It, no. was, it was actually kind of entertaining. Um, Anything you can do to expose your local community and the community at large to forensics is great. And the local celebrity one was a really interesting and fun and cool thing for the kids as well as the tournament in general. I look forward to hearing how that goes, having the kids invite them because I, 
I mean, we have to send those emails like before every tournament anyways, like we're going to be using your classrooms. Please don't leave anything out that, you know, is super personal. Um, you know, they're, the kids are supervised by adults, blah, 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 blah. Um, and included with that email every year, I do always say like, and if you are interested in want to see forensics, just let me know. I can put you in a room. And I've never had anybody take me up on it. Oh, we, there's one, there's a German teacher at South who's always are like, cause some of the science teachers require a, uh, like certified teacher to be in their rooms to like mm-hmm. chaperone it. But she always volunteers to do it because she loves getting to watch, uh, and her classroom is one of the better ones that's set up for us to practice group interpret mm-hmm. without having to move all of her desks around. So sometimes the group interpret groups will go in there and then she'll just be in her classroom working and she just like lets us do that because she just likes getting to hear what's going on. So that's awesome. I think she also teaches at North. Yep. Thanks for our crowds. Yes. Thank you. Um, and she's always been really lovely and supportive. So, but I mean, again, that's and, and she's probably somebody who doesn't need to take me up on my offer because she's already seen it the week before. But like. <laughs> No teachers have ever been like, oh, yeah, I'm really interested. Some are very nice and send back a like, good luck. Mm-hmm. I love this activity. I hope your kids do well. You know, I hope the event runs smoothly. I'm not saying that they aren't perfectly pleasant about it, um, but I've never had anybody take me up on the offer to actually come watch around. So if students doing the inviting changes things, that I'll might let you be know. a cool thing too. It'll try. be going out. And I will be stealing your idea weeks. about thanking the teachers with writ- handwritten notes. Yep. All well. of my students write handwritten notes that thank their teachers for letting us use their classrooms and talking about how it's a big fundraiser and we leave candy and we get tons of compliments about it. So it's mostly the candy. Probably. Mostly. Yeah. I'll have to go buy some, but not eat it, but not eat it. Mm. Wah, wah, wah. Maybe we're second guessing those diets, Kurt. That was too much. That Sorry. was, that was, that was, I could hear how much you were trying. Um, it wasn't as smooth and natural as last week. That's fine. Probably because you also did this gesture. I, <laughs> which you can't see, which is, which is me turning my body 45 degrees, putting my hands on my hips and tilting my head just a little bit. Like I was selling powdered laundry soap in the 1960s. Yes. So this week we are talking about second guessing. Yes. Um, and that can mean a lot of things at this time of year. So let's just jump right in and talk about uh, the first thing that people might be second guessing, which is that if you are a student, you might be at this point second guessing your category or your piece. Mm -hmm. There are probably two different things. There may be some people who are like, no, I really love my category. I just really don't like the crap that my coach. (laughs) My coach loves this piece and I hate it, which is a conversation I had with a student this weekend. Well, you know what? So let's let's tackle those Mm -hmm. one by one. What should one do? If at this point in the season, you are second guessing your category, if you are second guessing your category, I think that this coming weekend, you should still do it. And then if you do not break in it, and maybe that's the reason you don't like it, you're not doing well, go to the power round of a category you are interested in, because that way you will get to see what a high level of competition in that looks like, Mm -hmm. but you will also get to see a great example of what that category is because what the power round is, those are the people who are the best in that category showing off how good they are. So go to a power round in it, but also if you don't even want to compete in it again, maybe talk to someone on your team who is in that category and see if your coach will let you, if maybe if they're kind, take this weekend off of doing the category you had originally signed up to do and go observe other categories. Sure. One round, follow someone who's doing special occasion. The next round, follow someone who's doing oil. Third round, go to a demo round and then power round. Go to group and terp because it's fun. 
but going to see those in competition examples can be really helpful for helping you make decision. Mm-hmm. Cause then you can also take some notes, make some pro con lists maybe, and talking to people about how much effort it was getting prepped. Cause maybe that was your thing where you were like, Oh, what I'm doing is just so hard. Like it's not gonna get easier in any other category. Right. But knowing what you're getting into, if you're going to change your mind at this point in the season is very important. Yeah. I was going to just to piggyback off that. I would just say, keep, com- keep competing. Mm-hmm. Like even if you don't love what you're doing right now, like keep trying to get better at it. Um, and then, have a plan before switching. Don't stop doing one thing and have there be like a three week gap before you're ready to do the next thing. Um, Because the reality is if you jump into a different category, all of those people, most of those people will have been doing that category since the beginning of the year. And you don't want to go in like a noob. You're going to want to go in as prepared as possible. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't miss a bunch of weeks of competition. Mm -hmm. This is what I would say to my student. Don't miss a bunch of week of weeks of, bunch of weeks of competition uh, just to switch categories. You can be working on something else while still competing in a category you started with. And yeah, you may discover, in fact, that the reason you didn't like it was that you weren't successful in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that simply more time and practice, or sometimes it's just a matter of going to a different tournament and seeing a different class of people that you are competing against. And the results might be different and you might get that little boost to... Uh, stick with it and work a little harder and have fun with the category you started with, which is Mm -hmm. why I think it's just so important to stick with it until you are ready to change. Yeah. But there's also the idea it might seem overwhelming, but it has worked in the past for students I've worked with is that maybe you continue doing your regular category and then double enter in the thing that you want to try. Like you might not be going like starting out with a prose piece and then all of a sudden you're double entering and like so humorous, but maybe you are, doing a regular prose piece and then you've brought an info speech to the circuit or Mm -hmm. you're trying you, you and someone else have put together a group interpretation. Like sometimes taking advantage of double entering can help you figure out where your niche is or whether or not you need a niche. Cause you might find that you're actually really talented, but now you just had to, you had to like practice. Get your feet wet. Yeah. Or yeah. Work with somebody. Yeah. Practicing is important guys. That's good. Okay. But what if you know that you love your category, but you think that your piece is the problem. I think the very first thing you do is the same in either case, which is that you have a conversation with your coach um, and, you know, just let them know exactly what you feel about it and what it is that you don't like about it or why you think you won't be successful with it. And if you outline that very calmly and very rationally to your coach, I, I believe that any coach will respond well to that and they will start helping you find an alternative. But again, I would say don't just leave the competitive circuit until you have a new piece. Like Mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing until you have another piece. And that can actually happen pretty quickly. Yeah. Like I, I think it's, it, it, it'll be much easier to jump into a different piece in the same category than switching categories altogether. Um, but yeah, very first thing, talk with your coach, see what they have to say about it. Um, because they may think differently than like you or I would. Yeah. They may feel very strongly about going to three or four competitions before making any changes. Um, you may be in a team where you are one of like 70 kids on the team 
And if that's the case, your coach may not have a ton of time to pull a second piece for you, Um, especially like after week one or two of competition. They may ask you to stick with it for a little while until both you and they have some brain cells to devote to finding (laughs) a new piece. Um, And and you know what? If, If that's their answer respect that. Yeah. And there's no reason why you can't begin searching for a piece on your own, Mm -hmm. because if you are really determined to change your piece, then find something that you like, cut it and show them that you've put in the initiative to make the change. And if it's a quality alternative, um, again, I, I believe that any coach in their right mind will be like, Oh, okay. Wow. You, you put in the work, you found the other piece, go for it. Um, if they're not able to help you right away. And I think something to do when you've decided that you are going to change your piece, uh, I find it helpful to make a list of the things that you did enjoy about about your piece because there was some sort of gut reaction that you had that made you decide to do the piece. So figure out what those things in the piece that you liked about it. Maybe you related to the topic that it was talking about. Maybe you related to the character or something about the language. So that way when it does come time to get into a new piece, you can say, okay, so I really... I really liked the way I like this author. So maybe Mm -hmm. I don't like these poems, but I should maybe look at another like anthology of poetry that they have or something else. But also if your cutting is from something larger, it might just be going back and figuring out if there's something else from the initial source material that can like beef up your piece. Uh, Because there there's always a reason that we start doing something. So figuring out what that was and why you connected to it initially will help you move on to the next thing. And it also will make that reopening that sort of horrible Mm -hmm. box that can be starting to find a piece, make it a little bit easier and narrow that search down a bit. Or, uh, and again, this is just expanding upon what you just said. What is it about the pieces you're seeing in competition that you like better? Yeah. Where you're like, why are attracted to Because there could be some newcomers who like didn't know what it was they were looking for. And so they may not have actually been attracted to something they just trust trusted somebody who said here use this it would work Mm -hmm. um so yeah somehow somehow make that list you are a fan of making lists i i I am i am learning to write things down because a lot of the times (laughs) writing things down uh, who does that i do i make a to-do list every single day when (laughs) i get to president doesn't why would why should we he doesn't have to he's got tweeting um (laughs) But sometimes seeing just like actually writing that out physically can help you with processing it. Like, so why not do it? But also when you're like seeing other people on the circuit and you're like, oh, I just they're doing this piece. So I want to do it, too. Or like, oh, this is what's funny. Like you have to make sure you're also recognizing that it could just be that that person is a senior and you're a freshman. They've been doing this for four years. So they have other skills outside of just their piece being good. Or they're just a good fit for that piece. Exactly. Yeah. Like there, there is a right piece out there for everyone and you need to find it. But also it can be scary to go to your coach and say, okay, here's the deal. I don't like my piece. But as you were saying, as long as you come in informed about it and you're like when when, when they say, okay, what you don't like about it. You have. Don't say I say. don't know. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that will infuriate them so if you have thought like genuinely thought about why you don't like your piece it will help your coach with processing that maybe you don't like it but you have to be able to articulate why you want to change before you have that conversation and it can be it can be hard especially as someone who i enjoy cutting and i love taking on really like sort of daunting cutting projects it can suck when you have like 
put in all this effort for a piece because I I once did what I thought was a beautiful cutting of this like duo Mm -hmm. of a guy girl duo and it was like creepy and weird and I was so excited about it and I presented it to the students and they started working on it and they're like we don't it we don't love it yeah and and that can be hard because you're like oh I put in all this effort and all this work but remembering that the activity is about the students and what they're getting out of it and not necessarily you being happy about all the work you've been putting going to waste. Um, just remember that you can set that cutting aside and wait for the right person to come to it and then yep. help out those students in the moment, figuring out what they are good at. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So advice to coaches, if you get this, try not to freak out about it. It's okay. Yeah. It'll be, you'll, you'll get through it. And I do think it's a perfectly acceptable response. If you truly do have too many other kids to worry about, like if you're like, okay, here's my group of kids that I've set up and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And here's my group over here that still need a lot of my attention. Um, if one of the set up and ready to go ones is like, I want to change and you don't want to put them back into the group of yeah. kids, that, like you then need to like, suddenly right, spend a lot of time initiative. on I, Yeah. I think it's absolutely fine to, to have that response and say, you know, if you want to go find something else, I will take a look at it, but I have to get these kids up and running first mm-hmm. and then I can bring my full attention back to finding you something new. And I just ask that you continue to compete in the meantime. I, I think, think that's, that's totally fair. reasonable. Good. So what happens if you are in a group piece and you're second guessing the group that you're in? Yeah, I feel like this happens even more than the like the first two examples. It's like you and your friends are like, oh, my God, we're going to do forensics. Oh, my God, we're going to go do group of And then are you realizing it's the first time that you guys have all ever worked on one concise mm-hmm. goal? And you're like, oh, Whoops. We have very different styles when <laughs> exactly. it comes to getting things done or very different performing styles. Yes. Or very different schedules. Yeah, that too. So, and it's, it can be hard because kids immediately associate that with like, oh, they're going to think that means I don't like them, but use your coach as a buffer and a mediator. Mm-hmm. Go have that conversation with your coach first. Go to them and say, okay, here's the deal. Obviously, these two people in this group interpret with me are very close friends of mine. We all join the team together, but we aren't able to get our schedules lined up so we can never practice. When we do practice, it's very contentious because we have very different working styles. And so I need your help in figuring out either how to make this work or how to not make it work Mm -hmm. (laughs) anymore. So, like, don't be afraid to go to your coach for them to act as a mediator because then they can help you figure out, okay, so do you think that it's just one person in your group? Like, can two of you still get together mm-hmm. and still maybe do this piece? And that's the third person that needs to like be told, all right, here's the deal. Your schedule obviously isn't working, but we still want you to be on the team. Let's find something better for you. And then maybe next year you all can do something together. Right. Because it could just be the one year thing that's not working. And yeah, it sucks, but it's, it doesn't reflect poorly on your friendship if you don't work well in projects together. It's fine. Right. It's okay. I know it feels like a really big deal because you're in high school, but it's okay to say this isn't working for me. It's very important to advocate for yourself. And it's something that we, that I try to work hard about teaching kids and forensics is somewhere where they get to do that. And advocating for yourself does not just mean getting to do what speech you want. Advocating for yourself means that what you are doing is making you happy. Mm -hmm. And if your group interp or your duo or whatever it might be is not making you happy, Speak up for yourself. And I, I love that that way of putting it, that you're advocating for yourself. But I think it's important. And I'm saying this mostly for the teenagers, some of them that I know <laughs> in my own life, which is that advocating for yourself is not the same as complaining. 
No. When you are advocating for yourself, that means you are actively trying to find a solution. Yes. Don't just point out the problem. Try to be a part of finding a solution. And if you bring that attitude to a problem and you bring that problem to your coach, then I am sure you will be able to work it out. Also recognizing that sometimes the problem might genuinely actually be you mm. and, and being mm. able to deal with that because mm. it, it, Preach. it can it can suck to realize that you're the one who is has the complicated schedule and you're the one who maybe doesn't work well with people. Or, yeah, you're the one who's putting all the pressure on the situation when, you know, maybe the other people in your group want to enjoy forensics and want to compete and want to be competitive, but maybe just not to the same degree. Yeah. But like if they're all in agreement and you're the one who's like super intense about it, like that might be what's causing friction. I'm not speaking from personal experience. Nope. Not at all. Mm-mm. These aren't situations we've dealt with in reality or might currently be no. dealing with this very season. No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> all right. That was like a therapy session. I know. We just like, we're just like, Thank we're just like subtweeting something very intense. Okay. But so we're talking, <laughs> we talk mostly to students. Now, what do you do if you are starting to doubt your decision to be a coach? If or you, just your coaching style. Or your coaching yeah. style or what you have laid out. Like, that obviously comes with lots of guilt. How do you burden that yoke? Mm-hmm. So I'll speak to this because I'm feeling a little bit of this right now. Okay. Which is that I love my kids. I love this group of kids so much. Um, but we tried a different approach this year to to coaching, which was that we created this roster and we tried to plug people into spots that would like work well to benefit the team. And the thing I'm struggling with at this point is like, they just don't seem engaged. Mm -hmm. And like, I could be wrong. I mean, it could just be that there was a whole bunch of scheduling things that happened this weekend, but like some kids who were at last week's tournament weren't at this week's tournament. Some kids I expected to be ready by this week have now pushed it off to the following week. Um, which for all I know will be pushed off yet another week when it comes time to sign up for yeah. Act East. And I'm just like, at this point I start to wonder, like, did we approach this wrong? Did these, you know, 27 students who are still on my roster and regularly communicating with me, but like I'm taking nine of them to a tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to go through this again? Yeah. Because I just don't know how many years of that I can handle. Um, because like I'm I'm a competitive person yeah. and I pride myself on being pretty good at this thing. Um, and I see the kids who actually work with coaches doing well. And so like I believe in all of those things. Um, anybody who has met me will let me know that like I believe in my ability to be a good forensics mm-hmm. coach. Yeah. And you've proven um, yourself to be a good one with I the like students that you've had so. come through your program. And- yeah, but like why can't more of them stay? Like, why can't more of them just want to be involved in it? And a lot of that, I know, like when I sit down and I think about it, a lot of that has to do with the politics of the school. Yeah. Um, All of the things that the students are looking at as options to do. um, And that there is an atmosphere at North high right now um, with a couple of programs in particular, where somehow those coaches or advisors are able to say, you will do my activity and only my activity or my activity always has to be the most important thing. Yeah. Like somehow they're able to say that and it registers. But when I say it, it's not. Then the response is like, well, then fine, I won't do it. 
And that's, that's, it's so disheartening. And so, yeah, part of me right now is just like, uh, how am I like, why did I put so much of myself into this? And I mean, we're in week two. So like, there's a lot of time left and I have, that's the other thing I have to keep reminding myself. Like last year at this time, we had not yet even gone to a tournament. Mm -hmm. So that improvement has been made. Like kids are ready to go. Kids are working, but I'm not seeing the fruits of my labor yet. Yeah. My thing right now is that my, for a long time when I was coaching, I was working a very different job. Uh, for the first few years I was coaching, I was not regularly employed. Uh, and then the job that I was working was more flexible. I was only working part time. And so I was able to have practices that started right after school, but now Mm -hmm. I work a job that's eight to five. And so all of my practices are evening and my team is all young. And so the only kids I'm seeing are the ones who have worked with me before and understand that like, yeah, it sucks to leave school and then come back at five 30, but like it, it's also worth it because Melissa like knows what she's doing. And so I, I, I'm trying to be like those kids that you're seeing powering, like I've worked with some of them, like I'm shown that I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I have former students that are judging for me, like trying to talk to the kids being like, yeah, it's not fun to come back late, but like Melissa is cool. But now I'm worried, like, should I not be coaching if my schedule is not as conducive as other people's? Or am I supposed to be like, trying to work out with my boss to change the, my like work schedule so that I am coming in at regular afternoon times because I don't want to like punish the students. But for so long I had students that were willing to come in in the evenings to work with me. And then now I have them less willing. So I guess what I'm getting out of this <laughs> is that because I, I have the opposite, which is that up until this year, I have never been able to be there right after school. Mm-hmm. I've always had a job that kept me until five. Um, and this year I am now finally able to get there right after school. And I am there. I'm there almost every day right after yeah. school. Um, which I guess I expected like immediate results from that. And maybe I just need to be more patient. Yeah. Uh, like maybe it's going to take more than one year. But what I'm hearing, which I think is great, is that if you are one of those people, one of those coaches who is second guessing coaching or how you're doing it or what you're doing because you you think you should be seeing results that aren't there. I guess you now know you are not alone. Yep. It's something so. that we all do. It's hard to be in an activity that can be as intense as forensics and not doubt something different about yourself Mm -hmm. every season. Like as we talked about in our episode where we were like, Hey, guess what? We might actually be really bad coaches guys. Like (laughs) it's, it's important to admit that to yourself, but also remember that like we have lucked out in the fact that like we have a really great community of coaches. Yeah. Also, if you are a new coach listening to this podcast and you're like, Oh, I just wish I had someone to talk to. Hi, my name is Melissa Gabrielson. I'm the program assistance chair for the WFCA. Reach out to me and I will happily be a listening ear, but mm-hmm. I can also set you up with another coach to be a mentor coach who can help walk you through the things that you're doubting about yourself. Reach out in a judge's lounge. If you recognize someone, you're like, just go introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I was just hope I know that you've been doing this for a while. I was hoping we could have a conversation because I'm I'm hitting some some roadblocks. Absolutely. There's no coach in the WFCA who's not gonna sit down and chat with you. Like we have to remember that we I know for a fact that not all states have the kind of community that we do. So go walk up to someone, whether it's someone on the exec board or one of our like all of our presidents are very personable people, mm-hmm. whether or not you think that they're very intimidating, they are incredibly <laughs> nice. Walk up to one of them at a tournament and say, Hey, I coach at such and such. I was wondering if you had time to have some conversation about what's going on. We would love to be there and do that for you. 
Or if you're a coach who's been doing this for 20 years and you're like, this is still really hard, then <laughs> please yeah, come talk to us about that because we really need it. to hear that. We right need now. to hear that too. Let's sit back. We'll sip some LaCroix water and then we'll just talk about how things suck. Cause sometimes all you need is a listening ear mm-hmm. and normally it's you guys listening to us. So let us listen to you. Agreed. If only there could be such a thing as a reverse podcast. Oh my God. That would be beautiful. <laughs> Maybe we should do one episode of us just like making affirming noises. Like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I totally get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, preach. All right. So just get that last 10 seconds and put it on a loop. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So we don't actually have to be understanding in person. We can just do it digitally. (laughs) (laughs) Continue our private introversion. Yes. Um, But so we've been really specific about it. But what what can we tell people to help absolve some of the doubt that they have just about being in forensics in general and people who are worried about this maybe not paying off for them, whether it's student, coach, judge, whatnot. Just, I guess I, I will come back to what I truly believe, which is that forensics is the best thing you can do in high school. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Um, I think especially in the world we are now living in the ability to be articulate uh, and to, to think rationally and logically, uh, the ability to listen critically. These are all things that are really, really important to learn. Um, and above all of that, it is a phenomenal group of people. Whether you are a coach or a student, you can be making some of the best friends you will ever make in your life. There's this is a reason me emotional. There's a reason we call them forens. It's because this activity breeds uh, goodwill and friendship. And, and it's important to take advantage of that. And so recognize that there will be times when you get down and there will be times where this activity is hard. And there will certainly be times when you feel like the work that you're putting in is not translating into the success that you want to see, but it is absolutely worth sticking with it, uh, because of all of the great things we get out of this activity. Seconded. I have nothing further to add to that. I'm a little like misty eyed now. Oh, but part of that could be that I'm exhausted. <laughs> no, it could just be that I'm. Like, oh, it could just be that you're an amazing order. <laughs> Which I learned in forensics. Oh, snap. I did. Yeah, I did. I yeah. credit forensics with basically every success I've ever had in life has come down to the being, skills I learned there. Yeah. 100%. Being, being a good communicator mm-hmm. like is has gotten me. Yeah. Everywhere. But that's another episode. Mm-hmm. But we have something that I am very, very excited about. And I am very stoked for us to announce. Retro Forensics Faces is returning. Yes. What does that mean, Kurt? What that means is that starting in February, Forensics Faces, in addition to our weekly uh, tournament recaps slash advice giving chats, mm-hmm. um, is going to have a midweek episode. And that episode will feature an interview, much like our very first episodes did. Mm-hmm. Without um, me. Well, you might come into it. We yeah. were just talking yeah, about Yeah, but I mean, the initial gonna... episodes were oh, without me. Oh, the initial me. episodes yeah. were without you, yeah. But we're going to hope to get you in on as many yes. of the interviews as we can um, remotely. Um, and these interviews are going to be with people who are not in the WFCA. Which so is, we are... We, are, we reached out to people and people... Because Forensics is an amazing community, people who are mm-hmm. very excited about it, 
we had people respond, yeah, which is so, so cool. So most of these conversations are going to be with people from out of the state. A couple of them will be with people who are part of the state, but not a part of our organization or mm-hmm. moved on from our organization. Um, and we are just going to talk about forensics in a context that is larger than the WFCA, yes. um, but also in the ways that forensics is universal. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those of us who love to listen to other people tell their stories about forensics and the lessons they have learned and want that type of advice, these episodes are for you. And they will, like I said, starting in February, every week in between our chat episodes, uh, will come these interview episodes. Um, and I'm very, very excited about some of the people that we already have yeah. lined up and I'm very excited to line up a few more. Um, if you have suggestions yeah. for somebody that we can chat with, please send them my way, send it to listen at forensicsfaces.com. Um, I, if you're an out of state coach who listens to this podcast oh and God, how cool. has some things that you would like to say or um, have noticed that there are some things about Wisconsin forensics that are different from the forensics in your state um, or have a perspective that you just want to share, I would love, love to hear from you. Yes, Again, please. email listen at forensicsfaces.com. I'm so excited uh, to be kind of melding the two worlds of forensics faces into yeah, one bring them back uh yeah into one one season of episodes that feature both mm-hmm. so the reason we started this podcast uh doing it together was that we realized that one of our favorite things to do is talk about forensics as all of the non-forensics coach people in our life will attest to even when we see each other like two or three days a week we still talk about yeah. forensics every time we see each other um so it's just really exciting for us to get to talk to even more people about one of the things that we are obviously so incredibly passionate about. Yeah. And I, I'm excited to like, just to listen to them as well. If I'm not <laughs> able to be a part of the interview due to scheduling, I'm just be like, yes, finally I get to listen. So I get to be, I get to go back to being part of the forensic spaces, like listening community and not just like, Part well, of the and co-host I, community. I, I've never been able to just listen to an episode of Forensic Spaces, but I got to tell you, like when I was doing those first seasons of interviews and just sitting and talking with other coaches, I think it was the most valuable thing I've ever done as a coach yeah. was just getting to hear what they had to say. So I'm, yeah, there were I'm episodes so, where I literally so would listen to them, uh, particularly the episode um, with Mary Wacker, where I was mm-hmm. physically taking notes, where I was just yeah. like, oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's what we're going for again is helping expanding on that sort of advice, wisdom aspect of our podcast. So we hope that you guys are as excited as we are. And yeah, we're keeping the guests a secret right now. It's more fun that way. Exactly. But But they will pop up in your feed uh, starting. Well, not not this week, but the week right after. Yeah. So there will be an episode regarding App East and then. A couple days later, you'll see the first interview come out. Mm-hmm. Very Febru- excited. February is Forensics Faces Month now. I guess so. Did we just steal that from some other organization and or political group? Probably. Do I care? Nope. Sorry, anybody else who has, for- <laughs> has February, <laughs> but we need the one that starts with F. Yep. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's alliterative. We, we, <laughs> we, alliteration is very important to us. So, yeah, we hope that you are excited. And again, if you are someone who wants to interview us or you're connected to someone, again, listen for at ForensicsFaces.com. Yeah. Forensic Spaces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensic Spaces, please give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those ratings help other people find us. More information is available at ForensicsFaces.com. And of course, connect with us on Facebook or Twitter by searching for Forensic Spaces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. 
how I was gonna like start a cookbook that was just called Dipped in Her Diva. And that's just a picture of me just surrounded by like differently sized bowls of dip, but the one I would be holding would just be like comically large. <laughs> Cause you know, <laughs> I'm a dipped in her diva. 